1: Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United
0: Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com.
1: Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes.
0: Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash acast and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Can you see? It? Did you know?
1: The punt comes right to Pedersen who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot. He scores. Moments
0: notice. You're listening to Canucks Conversation. Quinn Hughes beat reporter here. Like I don't, I don't cover the Canucks. Yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. A member of the Nation Network of podcasts and delivered by DoorDash.
1: Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I wanted them in in that Day. Wow, really? we should do a radio show together.
0: <laughs> right on! I want to fist bump you right now. What out! steals, cutting in, shoots, scores! Hello, Canucks fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation delivered to you by the great folks at DoorDash. Ding dong. Use promo code CONVODD, capital C, capital Ds, all one word, CONVODD. That will get you 25% off and free delivery on your first order with the DoorDash app. Last night I I hit DoorDash
1: up yesterday, boom, orange chicken, uh, and I got soup dumplings, eight different flavors. I was eating them all throughout the game. Very nice. Orange chicken. I don't get orange chicken often. I'm normally a, a honey garlic or a sweet and sour guy. But uh, but no, I went with uh, orange chicken last night. I got and this. I don't do – t- orange chicken, it might be the best of the, like, basic Chinese food, uh, you know, sweet and sour pork, uh, honey garlic chicken. What's the, what's another one? Sesame, sesame chicken. I don't know, but the orange
0: chicken was excellent. Nice. I got sushi last night. Really? Yeah. What kind of sushi? I got chicken. I think you got your, your sound world. up there on the computer. I can hear it. Uh, that's the phone behind you. Oh, We're uh, using my phone as camera three today, which I hate doing. Is my first time doing that's it. That's fine. That's okay. I don't love it. I don't think you can hear it on the mics. But no, that's fine. We got a show. We got a show to do. The Canucks,
1: Chris. They don't have Oh a god, wing here yet. we go. Yeah, right in the chat. First, let's get to people in the chat here. Matt's here, Lisa's here, Cody's here, it's Range is here. They want some uh, some orange chicken talk. They got it right there. I can't see the chat today. Ding folks. dong says Knucklehead. Yeah, whatever you want to say about quads, he will not see it today. He's using his phone. Uh, because I got, I got Amazon delivery. I got Amazon deliveries coming in today. Uh, my fiance, she's going to kill me if I don't get these. Cause I, sometimes I miss them. And then I got to then you walk down the street to go get them. You don't have and a mail room? Well, we have a mail room, but they won't leave them there. Sometimes it depending on the, who delivers it.
0: So what do you mean down the street? What are you talking about? Where well, I got to go, go down
1: the street here. There's, I don't even know what it's called business mail or something. I gotta go, go get the mail down there and I can't go get it for her because uh, you need like her ID and oh, her name okay. on the package so that okay. she has to go get and then I'm not dealing with that. I don't want to get my ass beat uh, for the next <laughs> little bit here. So I'm just I'm just gonna sit my phone here and deal with it that way. So your shopping habits are the
0: reason I can't see the
1: chat today? Just a little bit. I mean, uh okay. no, it's my I just don't want to get my ass beat. So I'm I'm staying it this way. And well when I get a phone call here, I'll quickly buzz them in and it'll be good. I don't have to
0: worry about anything. You sound like a Canuck with the level of ownership you're taking over this situation. Well, listen, man.
1: Yeah, this is a comeback story right here because I've this is the past couple of weeks here. I've had a couple times where I just have missed the packages here. Okay, they always, we've been talking about this, or we talked about this earlier in the week. The Amazon packages that I get for some reason they come at 9 p.m., her packages they all come at one o'clock. As soon as the show starts, boom, there's like a pure later guy, a FedEx guy, the old Navy person. They bring all their stuff at the same time right a, when I'm busy, a dishwasher mechanic that
0: uh, was the, that gonna guy, walk in. Yeah, that guy didn't even show up yesterday. I got a broken washing machine again. Okay. All right, uh, let's get to the Hawks talk. Chris, the Vancouver Canucks don't have a win yet. We talked about it yesterday and folks, we're going to do our best not to disappoint and deliver on the promise because yesterday we talked about it and we said, look, it's a must win game. The Canucks are playing meaningful games in October. Every game is a must win for this team at this point. It's looking, Chris, like you don't have a win through five games. This team's literally going to have to play at a hundred point pace just to make the playoffs. Like that's where we're at already in the season. They're just going to dig themselves a hole. And again, like the Buffalo Sabres just beat the Edmonton Oilers and the Calgary Flames. They're coming in for the home opener on Saturday night. Canucks had an off ice workout at eight rinks today in Burnaby. Again, they they don't really have a rink. Uh, Also, did you see this thing about Zach Brown band? Apparently, have you seen this? I've seen a little bit. They're, They've canceled the concert at Rogers Arena and nobody knows why. Um, we definitely don't know why, so we're not going to speculate. But it's just something I've seen on Twitter. It's interesting. I I joked that uh, they're trying to finish the re- renovations in time for tomorrow. So they're like, nope, you can't come. You can't perform here tonight. I don't think that's actually true. Could you
1: imagine down to the last minute? It's like one of those uh, HGTV shows where it's like, we got 48 hours to change (laughs) over this house. That's what they're doing in the locker room right now. That's right. Um, Better be nice, too. We're going to be in there tomorrow morning. I saw some uh, banners going up around the rink today with Our Pursuit. Our Pursuit. Our Pursuit. Why did they change so quick from uh, Unfinished Business to Our Pursuit? Well, this is what I was trying to figure out. The backlash online was, uh, I think that would have done enough.
0: Sure. So the Unfinished Business, you know, I'm not going to get into it. I'm not going to make fun of anybody. That was a... That was a little bit of a botched attempt. You're not really seeing it much anymore. Right. I don't know if our pursuit was brought in after as, like, a cover-up or if they were going to do both. Because I was thinking about this. If you put in an order for these banners and you changed it on the fly, like, this month, if you changed it this month, would you have them that quick? Because, like, when did they change from unfinished business? Like, a week ago, maybe? I don't think... I don't know. I'm not going to speculate. I don't think... uh, I don't think they deserve too much flack for this. I think the unfinished business thing, yeah, sure, it's funny. But, you know, someone someone probably got yelled at. For that. What do you think
1: about everyone? Uh, I'm, I'm seeing a couple, actually, here in the YouTube chat. Everybody with the Quinn Hughes face uh, on their... Uh...
0: I have no comment on that. No,
1: I don't either. I don't know what happened last night, yeah, but uh, everybody... Everybody on Twitter is, at least, you know, Canucks Twitter is coming together for something, yeah. which okay. is good to
0: see. So the Canucks are winless on the road. They don't play Jack Rathbone. Riley Stillman goes down with a headshot. We're expecting to see Jack Rathbone in the lineup tomorrow. Finally, like we've been saying it for a while. We can't believe this guy hasn't got a shot yet. Uh, he had a really good story with, well, he didn't write the story. Harmon Dial of The Athletic wrote the story, chatting with Jack Rathbone, and, you know, Rathbone's really keeping a positive mindset here, and he's saying, like, as soon as I get in, I have to prove that I belong, and, you know, he's not getting discouraged, and he even said, like, ultimate team guy, that Jack Rathbone, he even said, Good like, kid. whatever they think is the way to get us out of this mess, I'm on board with that, so if that doesn't involve me, I'm on board, whatever, like, that That was the gist of what he said, Um to Harmon Dial, and that's a really good story, so go check it out at The Athletic. But uh, Jack Rathbone, expecting to see him in the lineup tomorrow night. Not sure about Riley Stillman. Maybe a back injury if the Miami Dolphins medical team is uh, analyzing him, but does look like uh took a shot to the head and had to leave the game because of it. Yeah, got uh, some people in the chat here. Yash, who's a Oilers fan, and...
1: and, and... You know, nice to hear. I'm feeling sorry for you guys. Feel bad. For, feel bad for you guys I'm, at this point. I'm really like, happy that Yash jumps in the chat every day. I know i like to see Yash in there too. Even if uh, even Oilers fan, you got Conor David in your profile picture. Handle that, but better than Cody's anyways. But uh anyways, let's wrap it up because uh, this is a let's five wrap game wrap it up. No, like wrap up the <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know I know no, Canucks talk back to the orange chicken we go. No, um five game road trip, oh three and 2 Mm-hmm. It couldn't, couldn't have gone much worse, I think, for the Canucks. Listen, you could have gone 0-5 and, and gotten no points out of it, but I think that might have been better uh, than blowing leads in every single game.
0: You couldn't have done much worse, but you also could have done a lot better. You could have gotten one win, just one. Yeah. Like, no, I mean, that's, that's
1: what makes... This is as bad as it can be for me. You blow four multi-goal leads to start it. You blow another lead last night. It's just what listen, all of Canucks Twitter, they got the same profile picture right now. All of Canucks Twitter is feeling the same way as well about this team, where if there's a lead, it doesn't mean anything. The only thing that the most consistent thing you're seeing with the Canucks and their leads is two things. They're blowing it and everyone's heading over to Betway, and they're betting the Canucks so they can get their, you know, or bet against the Canucks at that point. Cause you
0: know, they're just going to blow well, a lead. It's, it's frustrating, right? Because you know, and like it, what you don't want, if you have any business or, you know, you you have a sports franchise, especially is apathy, right? Like, You want people to either love the team or you want people who care be upset about kind of the direction of the team. That's what you want. Like, you don't want people to just not care – and it, it's similar to last year where we started to see the apathy because they were like, nothing's ever gonna change, you know, Jim Benning's still the general manager, and then once that change happened, uh, you know, Bruce Boudreaux comes in, you started to see some fans come back, right? Like you started right. to see interest pick up in the team again.
1: Well, everyone saw that chant first game, like Bruce to wanna be right. a part of that. What, Absolutely. What the Canucks fans want to be a part of right now? Laughing? That's all they can do when and, they come and, back and here to the Roger. Green, they can yeah, everyone's gonna laugh together. That's yeah, the problem someone might throw a jersey on the ice pretty damn soon.
0: And you know that's a real possibility and that's that's the problem right now, Chris, is you're seeing more and more of it again this year where people are saying, wow, like I really bought into what happened last year, as did the management team. And we're not seeing any results like it's, it's not good right now. And you're seeing more and more fans kind of checking out and that, you know, we don't like to see that as content creators who are trying to get people to, you know at least care enough about the team to listen to us talk about it. Well, you live it. and die on your page views. What are you going to do here? <laughs> well, the page views are fine. I just yeah, to throw true. it out there, but, um, and no, and also like that's here. what you want to avoid though is apathy. And that's, we're starting to see it. We're starting to yeah. see it. And that's going to happen when you're the only team in the NHL that doesn't have a win. And you had these playoff aspirations and you went all in with this team and, they're gonna to have to play at this hundred plus point pace again and probably come up just short again. Let's be honest here.
1: Think about how good that run was with Bruce Boudreaux last year. You're almost gonna to have to do the same thing. Like, you know, you're only a few games away from getting it's wild to think, but listen, man, eight games into the season, that's one eighth of the way through the year. Like that's that's a that's a good amount of your season done right there. Eight games, you're ten percent through. I know it doesn't seem like a lot right now, but like think about it if you were failing every test. Uh, you know, in the first semester of the year, and you failed every test, getting like twenty, thirty percent. It's gonna be pretty damn tough to to get yourself back up to a full grade there. You know, I, I think it, it, Bryce has a good one here. It's not just this season, though. This is ten plus years of this. That's right. Ten plus years of frustration.
0: That's right. And, and that's a great point, Bryce. I wish I could see it myself, but um, it, it is a fantastic point because that that's really what it comes down to. Is you're seeing people say, "I cared in years three and six. I cared in maybe even year seven and year eight of all this. There's nothing there right now, right? Like, again, there's so many different things plaguing this team. And, you know, there's a lot of finger pointing going on, which is what we saw last year as well. Um, I don't think it's obviously as bad as it was last year, but it's not good right now. You're going
1: to start to see one of the other fingers get pointed here pretty soon as team comes back to home ice without a win here. Pull up the stats here, Alex. Let's, Let's chat. Like, the players that we've seen through five games here on the road, Listen, it's been a horrible start for the Vancouver Canucks so far. But just looking at this, this is an interesting one. This is going to transition us into to chatting because I, I literally think we should send a, a, a full segment here on the show. I don't even know what we do with segments. But let, we're going to chat about JT Miller for a long time. And this stat's really one that sticks out to me. Like, I look at all these players on this Vancouver Canucks team. Andre Kizmenko is leading the way with 14 high-danger shot attempts. Okay, that's, that's really good. Like, he's getting a lot of those on the power play, I think. He, you know, he's getting a couple where, you know, he bangs weight a few times, probably gets a few bonus points at that point. But really getting a, a player who's going to the net hard, getting those shot attempts. Elias Pettersson, he has 40 shot attempts just in general. Four of those are high danger, but Pettersson's not really a guy who lives in the slot, lives in that high danger area. Before last night, JT Miller, a player who is praised for being, you know, this big, strong, rugged forward. He didn't have a high-danger shot attempt at five-on-five five on the power play, on the penalty kill, any time on the ice before last night. Last night was the first time we saw JT Miller be around the net and attempt a shot. At five games in, you see that that can't like what's happening here with that. That's ridiculous at this point. And, and JT Miller has just been that's that's just the offensive side of things. That's not even mentioning what we've seen in the defensive zone. I mean, I know that he's out there for a really long shift yesterday. But he stood still for about eight seconds.
0: Do you want to get to the quote that he gave Patrick Johnson? Because we really want to dissect this article. Fantastic No, work first I want to...
1: I got Alex Alex in here. He's got to pull this off, Alex. The video. This is who's coming into town here. The Sabres are coming into town for the home opener tomorrow night, Saturday. Look at them. They're gritty in their way through the locker room. These guys are These guys are having fun. This, this team here, big bodies... Rasmus Dallin, he's been excellent to start this four season. Four goals in four games, Oh, in Power, he's playing. Yeah. This is a big-bodied team, playing good, young kids, a lot of good stuff in the locker room. Listen, I don't think you're seeing Elias Pettersson gritty his way through the locker room like we are with uh, with uh, Rasmus Dallin Someone here. Someone
0: tweeted this at me, and I wanted to bring it up, because they're saying what hurts the most about this is seeing teams like Anaheim, seeing teams like L.A., starting to see San Jose higher in the rankings, and that's, you know, they're like, you know, actually, they're the only team below the Canucks in the standings, but they they have a win. Uh, what I'm trying to say here is, what the person said is just it's painful to see teams like the Sabers, teams like Anaheim, teams you know all over the league that were supposed to be behind the Canucks and rebuilding. Pass them in a rebuild, like they're. That's what happens in young players. They get streaky.
1: They they look good. Well, sometimes. you look and at you're gonna see A. Team, you're going to see L A. or the Ducks. I think they're going to be one of those teams that like the young players have a streaky season where they just work their way into the look, playoffs.
0: What they were, what the person was saying to me though is, you know that those teams were winning cups. Those teams were in the playoffs, you know, regularly, and then they brought in a new core. They rebuilt. Rebuilt on the fly in Mm -hmm. a way they had one or two bad seasons and now they're already ahead of the Canucks. What's going on? That's what that's what hurts. Like that's that's what the person said hurts the most about this is seeing all those teams that the Canucks are supposed to be better than just absolutely pass them in the same amount of time. Like that's that's what going back to the comment I think it was from Bryce. Ten years, like ten years. Think of all the teams that have gone through cycles through that time Mm -hmm. of. Being competitive and then having a couple down years and then being competitive again. The Canucks have been in this middle phase forever, it feels like. It's a worst spot to be. It is. And Yannick Hansen talks about this a lot, right? He talks about, you know, you're not good enough to make the playoffs, but you're not bad enough to get first-round picks. Yeah, you can't... Or, or, excuse me, very
1: high draft picks. You can't keep dipping your chicken fingers in both sauces. you got to pick one or the other. You're either going to go for the rebuild or you're going to go all in. This team, it feels like they've... You know, they've been like the team really should have been leaning towards the rebuild for a long time when it just felt like it was, you know, trade picks, trade picks, get players. This is a team. This is a team. We've had a few of these comments come in here. Uh, Brandon had one. We had another one as well. Matt as well. Have we overvalued the core players on this Canucks team? And I think to a certain degree, there's probably an attachment level that maybe is too high to some of these Canucks players. Like, listen, was... Was JT Miller a core player? His contract indicates that he is. Is he playing like a core player for the Vancouver Canucks? Absolutely not. I think some of the core players you could look at like Elias Pettersson, Quinn Hughes, Thatcher Demko. Those three are like the only three untouchables that you should really have, and those should be what the core is being built around. But now you look, and I think the way that the money's being given out to Oliver Ekman Larson and and you know JT Miller now making so much money, Tyler Myers. Listen, say we want about him, but like that it just feels like the way you build a core in today's day and age has to do so much with how much money they're making. Yeah. And to me, it, it is distributed incorrectly a lot with how you see. So do people overvalue the actual core pieces on this team a little bit, right? Like I, I think that people probably have a nice attachment to Brock Besser. There's a lot of people that like Brock Besser. We, we love his story off the ice, but as a core player of this team, it is tough to see what his future is like. Bo Horvat, I think, is another example. His contract situation puts him into a really interesting spot of what is his future. Is he this core? But to me, I look at it and I say the core of this team, if you put contracts aside, it's you have a forward, you have a defense, when you have a goalie. I don't have to say the names. You know who it is. It's Patterson. It's Hughes. It's Demko. Yeah, that should be your core that you are building around. It doesn't feel like that is the core that's being built around now. It feels like things have shifted a little bit, specifically with the JT Miller contract. Like JT Miller is the core now. And what's the if he's one of your core players? Look at how he's playing through five games. Like yeah. it's 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 t- it's in a really tough spot for the Canucks. Five games in, and I think the you know is it too early? to Hit the panic mode. I mean, just a little bit. I, it is still a little early, but you should be worried for sure. Like we've been talking about. We talked about this in preseason. Should we hit the panic button yet, or should we be worried? It's kind of sucks that everything since training camp for the Canucks has been. We should be worried, right? We haven't had any real positive things come out since the start of training camp. Since, Aside from Andre Kuzmenko giving great interviews, I swear, since since training camp, has there been one thing where you're like, right on, this organization
0: is feeling this good vibe right now. There's not one Other thing. than Elias Petterson, I think that's it. Other than right. Elias and like you said, Andre Kuzmenko who's played with Elias Petterson a lot. We
1: got it up on the screen now here, too. Let's, uh, JT Miller, and I saw uh, Micah tweeted this out as well. This yeah. is from Ineffective Math, uh, Hockeybiz.com. We love HockeyViz. Good, good website. And just for Worth the podcast listeners,
0: the graph that we're showing is just the Canucks getting absolutely caved in whenever JT Miller's on the ice. And that's the thing. It's like, this is an isolation
1: view of what JT Miller's doing on the ice. It's not, to me, like, okay, the defense is one thing. The expected goals he's giving up, plus 17% when JT Miller's on the ice compared to when he's not on the ice. This one is the one that's like, okay... And and I know people, you know, I've I've seen a few people start to turn on my dog rating, which I think has been very accurate so far this season. But JT Miller has not had that dog in him this season. And you're seeing that not only in the defensive zone where, yes, he's giving up 17% more expected goals. But how about in the offensive zone, a spot where we didn't think he was going to struggle, honestly. I didn't think he was going to fall off like this. Minus 56% of what the team is doing when JT Miller is off the ice, when he's on the ice at five on five. Minus 56%. This guy is not producing at all. He's not generating. Forget
0: producing. He's not generating anything for this And team. forget producing and generating. He's legitimately a liability when he's on the ice right now. And that's your $8 million player getting outplayed by Niels Amon. And that contract hasn't even kicked in yet. Exactly. So he's still a $5.25 million player, but... This is what I wanted to point out here is Patrick Johnson did a story, and I don't even know if we have the quotes uh, ready and available. But, okay, well, this is basically what happened and and what Miller said to Patrick Johnson. He said, I'm trying to be patient, but I'm not going to change the way I'm playing away from the puck and in my own end because I don't think I've given up much of anything there. And he talked about how, you know, he's very, um, you know, he feels like he's played pretty well in his own end and he's not going to change anything there. And here's the thing. I don't even want to rip him for saying that because look, we all knew JT Miller is not a defensive player. We know he's not a defensive center. Okay. So there's no problem there. I, I have no issue with that. Cause I'm not trying to say, okay, well he said he was going to work on his defensive game at the start of the year. And uh, he deserves to be graded as a defensive center. Now, no, he's working on it. Sure. I'll, I'll even give him that. Okay. Okay. The problem is that in the past, he's outscored his defensive problems. And before year one of this contract, he's not outscoring any problems. And again, the other problem is you signed this guy who doesn't really play defense to a long-term contract. Like what we're seeing from JT Miller right now is what we thought we would see in years five, six, seven of this contract that doesn't even kick in until next year. Seeing it already is very alarming. It, it absolutely is very alarming to see it this early on in the contract with Miller.
1: And it's like to hear that quote that you brought up. I'm just, I, I'm almost blown away by it, right? Like I, I see the way that he's playing the defensive zone. I see so much standing around, man. Like, yep. you know, and and then he even like comes up and says it a few games ago that like you know he needs to be more engaged defensively. And then you hear a different quote today from Patrick Johnson. So I don't know. Maybe the question was asked. Uh, in a different way or something like along those lines. But to to transition from JT Miller real quick, uh, because I wanted to get this in as well. Uh, and Alex, you can pull this up. The, Sorry, the iso. we're
0: not ready to transition yet. There's okay. another quote. So further, what Miller said, I had to dig it up. He said, my game where I've really tried to work on is five on five in my own end and worrying about that first, offense later. And if I look at the way I've been playing there, I feel really good about what I've done so far. I That's where I have the problem. I, I don't have a problem with Miller not being the best defensively, but I have a problem with him thinking that he's doing exceptionally well. He's been on the ice. He was on the ice for the first eight goals, first of all, okay? He's been the Canucks' worst center at both ends of the ice. And look, Bruce Boutreau shortened his bench last night yeah. as if it was game seven of the cup final in freaking October. Almost sore. In October, we're talking about this. And JT Miller wasn't there. The contract hasn't even kicked in yet. Like, think about this. It's driving me nuts. Been
1: on the ice for four goals scored by the Canucks, 13 goals against. That 13 goals against, second worst in the league, only to Anaheim Ducks defenseman Dmitry Kulikov, who's been on the ice for 14. And, and that, okay. that's insane. That That's actually insane. And to me, it's, it's not like certain players you can look at sort of like, you know, the way they play, sometimes certain analytics don't look well for them. JT Miller's a guy who is offensively, his analytics have always looked good. He's a guy who would drive play to the offensive zone. He'd drive play towards the net. This one's shocking to me. The lowest expected goals on the Vancouver Canucks at 5-on-5, the percentage that he has. So when you're on the ice, the expected amount of goals, you could call it like out of 100, 27.76%. I'm just trying to figure out. what he's sitting at. It's it's unbelievable to see this start to the season.
0: I'm just trying to figure out what changed from when Miller gave the quote of I can't really comment on anything because I can't even lead by example right now. I've been all, on for all eight. And he Was had that very, four days ago? Very candid um, examination of his game. Yeah. And since then, he's added, what, six more goals against that he's been on the ice for? Now he's like, wow, I'm actually doing really good there. Sorry, is Kulikov giving quotes like this in Anaheim know, saying, well, you know what? I know I'm the worst player on the ice in the entire league, in terms of giving up goals, and I'm not producing any offense, but I really like the way I'm playing. Is is Kulikov giving quotes like that? Because if he did, he'd be out. He'd be in San Diego with the Gulls. Nice poll there. You know the HL right.
1: team. Good stuff. No, I. I Love the stuff that we're seeing in the chat here. Uh, I wish I could. From Knucklehead, uh, if when you call an Abbey game, will you bring up the dog rating on air? Maybe. If I get a chance to go and do another uh, game in Abbotsford, we'll see what happens. Yash says, better clear up that number 98. Yeah, uh, I heard Bedard wears 98 because he thinks he's one better than McDavid. So (laughs) when he gets here, he's going to be ripping it up. That's a good one. And I've already, I tweeted this out a long time ago. I've seen somebody leaving the rink. With a Connor Bedard 98 Canucks jersey. The jersey is out there somewhere. was not
0: it a reverse retro too? Yeah,
1: it was it was unbelievable. Like one the, of the
0: old one, the sprite can. Yeah, the sprite can. never
1: wore. No, That's it's oh, incredible. It's so funny. Um let's get to one from Matt here. We could transit there are some positive takeaways. And actually, before we get away from it too much, we were showing those that graphic a little bit earlier about uh JT Miller and the numbers were not great. We have Elias Petterson's up here as well that I do want to get to. Um here's JT Miller's lots of blue. You flip over to Elias Pedersen, He has been excellent in both ends of the ice. We talked about how bad JT Miller looked with a minus 57%, I think it was, for expected goals. Elias Pettersson, compared to what the rest of the Canucks are doing, he is putting up an expected goals per 60 of 391, which is plus 41%. And that is a ridiculous amount of offense being generated from Pettersson. That's just the offense. That's oppressive enough for Pedersen like that. If you have plus 41%, I know it's a small sample size up to this point, but that's still incredible through five games. On top of that, he's playing excellent defense as well. The expected goals against per 60 below two, 1.77. I mean, that's minus 36% of what the regular Canucks are doing when they're not having Pedersen on the ice. So you could say like, oh, well, maybe it's a little skewed from some of these stats from how the players are playing through five games. Pedersen's showing up, and he's showing up extremely well on some and of these
0: analytics. That's backed by the eye test, too. 100%. The performances were, we've seen from Elias Patterson, like I can't really point to one game where Pedersen had a bad game. Like I don't think there's been a game this season where you don't look at it and say that was a strong game for Elias Peterson. I understand the sample size is small, but yeah, these numbers that you're pointing at here, these are elite two-way results. And this is kind of what everybody thought he was going to be after the 2019 20 season. Obviously we saw it in the bubble. He was fantastic in the playoffs and we're seeing it again now. So again, like you you hope it lasts for Pedersen sample size is small, but really he's been the Canucks only player that's really shown up here. And again, there's no disrespect to Bo Horvat who's put in the goals, but we've had to talk about effort a few times with Bo already in this season. Yeah. Effort leadership, put all that on Bo. Um, Go to Bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's
1: Bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, we're going to get to a prospects report in just a minute. There is one more thing that I want to bring up before we dive too far into this, but I'd love, we have a lot of people in the chat right now. Listen, if you have any questions about prospects, this is what we, like, we want to do lots more chat stuff on Friday. If you have any questions about prospects, uh, throw it into the chat and I'll get to it in like five, 10 minutes here when we... Uh, get to the, the prospects report. But can we talk about another really good thing from last night? Dakota Joshua broke the dog rating last night. Yeah, he did he well. He came in at 116. We haven't seen a player on the Canucks at least over 100, even in Kyle Burrows' most doggy games. No, it came in with, with Dakota Joshua looking excellent. The guy was creating scoring chances at a ridiculous rate, watching him just kind of put up what he was doing on the fourth line. You play in a fourth-line role like that, and you're putting up that many scoring chances just individually, like him along with, I think, Amon and Lazar, that fourth line really worked last night, so it's going to be interesting to see, and Matt just brought it up in the chat, who sits for the home opener now. Is, is Huglander getting back into the lineup? Would Would Looking at like you can't do it. Unfortunately, you can't do it. But would JT Miller sitting be the worst thing for this Canucks team after watching what he's done in the first five games? Not at all. But they it won't happen. It, it can't happen. It, the guy making, it can't. Eight, guy making $8 million on his next contract, which hasn't even kicked in yet, it can't happen. And you, and you know... Like, at some point, at least the offense is going to come there for JT Miller. I think we know that. It, it's going to happen, right? He's going to have a, a three-point game here coming up here pretty soon. The question is still just going to be how he does defensively. GLS, I see – I'm not reading that in here. I see your message twice in here, copy and pasted in it, and I don't think so. Um, but with JT Miller, like, he's not coming out of the lineup. Does Niels Hugliner come back Absolutely. in the lineup? And for who? Because I don't, are they going to oh, break up that? Sorry, I thought line? you were going to ask
0: me if he could sit. Because, yeah, oh, I okay. think it's huglander out, but. What has Tanner Pearson shown you, other than playing well with Bohor, well, which the, is what I think is going to keep him in the lineup? That was an int- I, I did want to bring it up. Alex skipped
1: it. He's, I don't know what he's doing over there. But we got the the other graphic for the Canucks stats through five you games. You be nice to Alex. Well, I said I asked for. It. I got there. It is right there. So I
0: think I forgot. I don't know why this just came to mind. You I, didn't think mention I him. I forgot to mention technical producer Alex Lard. I yeah. my apologies, Alex. And I can't that's why. I to that's that's that why he's been show. like
1: this. He skipped me right <laughs> off the yeah, bat. He's it was protesting. You skipped him. Okay. The interesting stats. We have already talked about Elias Patterson quite a bit. Five. Games, three goals, three assists, six points. Um, Then we have the other one I wanted to bring up, Quinn Hughes. Uh, see Alex is all over the place here. Quinn Hughes now. I missed now I got can't see the number. 27 minutes of ice time I think Quinn Hughes is averaging <laughs> right now. But Alex is that he's was a good zoom. That was he, a good it zoom. It was a good zoom for the Pedersen one. Oh, there it is. <laughs> there it is. 27 minutes and 14 seconds. Uh that's the average ice time for Quinn Take Hughes. Take it away Alex. The, uh, yeah, Alex. More stats if Alex wants to talk, he can talk. Uh the other stat Tanner Pearson you just brought him up. 10 yeah. uh 10 penalty minutes so far through 5 games. Um, and those are all minors. So he's had five minor penalties up to this point. And the last stat, which we haven't touched on too much, and I, maybe I'll, I'll let you have a little bit of runway before we get into the prospects because I do see some questions coming in, uh, which we will definitely get to in just a minute here. But the save percentage for Thatcher Demko sitting at eight sixty one on the season. Ooh, I got some stuff. Spencer on Demko. Martin also a little bit low. My phone's covering up Spencer Martin at eight seventy nine. That brings the Canucks save percentage of the season up to eight sixty five. Okay, well, let's go play a little play a little Demko chat here. Okay, do I do I get? Like, leash off, I get to go. Uh, yeah, we'll give you s- no more than four and a half minutes. Okay, well, I've got a lot. Which I don't think you'll be able to I've do. got
0: a lot on Demko. So, kind of. No, no as I-, I
1: know, Alex. He's already pissed. He's going to pull up my sleeper cam. He's going to have me laying in the
0: chair here pretty soon because I know the goalie talk. I know it's coming here, Alex. So, you're not going to surprise me with it. Okay, we might have to mute your line if you keep this up because I've got a lot on Thatcher Demko. So, as I said earlier in the show. It feels like right now the Canucks' problems are death by a thousand paper cuts, and there's a lot of different things plaguing this team. It's hard to pick one thing that's hurting this team and leading to all these blown losses. One thing that's been mentioned, and I think rightfully so at this point, is the play of Thatcher Demko. And I look back at the start of last year, and I kind of look at it similarly in the sense of he wasn't dynamite to start the year, but then when he started to steal games, they started to pick up wins. And I know that sounds like a no-brainer, but right now Demko's playing below average, which kind of sucks if I'm being honest with you, especially for a team that's built around elite goaltending. So how did we get here? I'm seeing a lot of different reads from Demko that weren't weren't as sharp as they usually are. And when I say that, I mean kind of knowing when to go to his post. And, you know, we talk about the reverse VH. We talk about post integration a lot on this show. Dropping into that reverse VH a little bit too early is kind of what I've seen plaguing Demko a little bit. Again, I don't even want to say too early, just at the wrong times because sometimes it's cycled from below the goal line and he's still in it. You don't want to be in it when you're kind of... When the puck is ahead of the goal line by more than, I'd say, about a foot. And I wish I had a graphic. I should have made a graphic to display this. You don't but know how to make a graphic. Yeah, well, anyways, you don't want to be in the reverse VH when the puck is kind of at the hash marks. And we kind of seen that from Demko dropping into it a little bit too early, leaving himself susceptible to some chances. And I want to break down this overtime goal. Last night, I'm running out of breath here. Break down yeah, the I overtime this for goal. for prospects
1: reports all the time. You gotta just, it was really funny because
0: people were messaging me and saying, What the hell's wrong with Demko? Why is he swimming in his crease? Oh, swimming. Well, that overtime goal, right? Like, yeah, obviously, um, you know, he finds himself in trouble. People are saying he must be fatigued because he never swims around the crease. So here's what happened on that goal, folks. So Demko makes the save, and he's using his blocker, and he's thinking that when it gets shot blocker side, he's going to direct that puck into the corner. The way you know he's thinking that is on the goal... He extends his blocker out and he's already pushing off with his left leg. You'll see that on the goal. And I actually think Kevin Woodley mentioned this on his hit with Halford and Bruff this morning. But that's the first thing you notice is Demko's already pushing off with his left leg. Now that's not even something that's incorrect because he pushes that to the right side as he should with a blocker save. There's a a guy at the point potentially. Someone comes in and takes a shot quick. You want to be set. You want to be ready to go and you want to anticipate correctly. The problem for Demko is that puck actually hits the inside of his blocker, okay? And then the puck went out in front. Now, he's already pushing off with his left, which leads to him being spun around. Now, if that happened in normal times, he would plant his right foot, turn back, and go into the reverse VH, which he's really good at. He's good at his crease movement. You've seen it all before, folks. His post-integration, you've seen it all. It's great. Usually, he'd do that, but... Upon realizing it hit the inside of his blocker and, you know, he pushed off with his left, so he's looking right, realizing that it went off the inside of his blocker, he thinks that Kaprizov at the side of the net is going to have a shot immediately. So instead of taking time to plant his right foot and curl back and face the shot frontwards... He thinks that a shot's coming right away, so he just goes into desperation mode, or as the great John Garrett would say, desperado mode, with his back leg trying to make a save with the you know his backside, um, and then he's got to try and recover from that, and that's a really hard position to be in. But this wasn't a case of Demko just being tired or whatever it was people were throwing around. Of well, usually he's so much better. That's why he ended up there, is because he tried to he tried to lead, lead the puck to the corner with his blocker, as he showed on a blocker side shot. Puck, unfortunately, hit the inside of his blocker. He thought there was going to be a shot right away because Kaprizov did have it in a good spot, so he put himself in that position. Again, this doesn't come from being fatigued. This is just him having an unfortunate bounce. It went off the inside of his blocker. He thought there was going to be a shot, and if he tries to take the time to plant with his right foot and square up to that shot, it's going to take him too long, and he's probably going to get scored on right away. So he found himself in a really unfortunate position last night, but again, I'd even point back to that game against the New York Rangers when he lost his blocker. Everybody was talking about how great of a sequence that was. It was really similar to that. So um, I'm not going to go on to it much longer, but I'm not... Too worried about Thatcher Demko in terms of fatigue. He's playing below average right now. He has a horrible defensive environment in front of him, folks. But he is still playing below average. Um, you know, by about any analytic that you look at, any analytic measure, which you know a lot of them are pretty favorable for goaltenders. But he is he he is playing below average right yeah, now. And, and again, I don't, don't think it's going to last forever. I think he's doing some good things. I just think. You know, you look at his post play on some of it, uh, dropping into that RVH a little too early is something that you can kind of look for when you watch the next game. See how he, you know, if he changes that or whatever. Kind of had an off-ice session, like we said, at eight rinks today, but... Um, oh, and Alex pulling up the sequence. Um, not a not a great sequence, obviously, for Thatcher Demko. But yeah, you'll you'll see kind of what I'm talking about. I'm sure even podcast listeners have seen it. Thinks it's going to his blocker, turns, plants, and isn't going to be turning around because he thinks there's a shot. Obviously, Brock Besser does his best Alex Edler impression uh, and sets up in the net, yeah, and it goes off him. It's that, an unfortunate like, sequence. A, you know what? You get
1: two birds stoned at once here because JT Miller on this play, if you can get that thing right back up here, Alex. Like, look, the other two players, I know they've been out there for like two minutes, but at least the effort level there, right? Every,
0: everybody was
1: gassed at on least, that play. At, but if you watch the play, and I know that this isn't great for the YouTube people, you guys have all seen the goal, the overtime goal. It's four on three, and you see at least, you know, Tyler Myers, at least he's he, at least somewhat engaged. You know, Connor Garland, I think, is the other player on the ice. He almost makes the save there. Besser. Besser almost makes the save, and uh, you know, that would have been huge. But JT Miller the whole time.
0: Also, the other you thing, know? you don't pick apart coaching de- decisions right now, it feels like, because no. there's not much working, but... JT Miller and Brock Besser on the ice together in overtime? I don't know. You know. I don't even think JT... G- like, I get... I almost get Besser because it's his hometown. You want him to end the game. That'd be great. But Miller, like, you shorten the bench, right, to get to overtime. Just playing not to lose. And Miller's not a part of that. I tell you what, this reminds me when
1: I, worked at, uh, when I worked at 650 and a guest would come on that would talk like, I hate to say it, but like CFL football, mm-hmm. the, the chat would go dead. And in the last six minutes, you talking freaking because No, reverse VH. It went dead. I had time to. I sh- explained that so well. Come I, on, I didn't listen to much of it, um, but I did reorganize my hockey cards. I listened to half a. I read half of Dan Milstein's book, which I'm reading right now.
0: Are you reading it? Yeah, I'm reading. It. I'm <laughs> nice. halfway.
1: Well, no, I'm. I'm audio booking it.
0: Oh, is it him narrating? No, it? I oh, wish it was him. That'd be so funny. Those that haven't before. heard Dan Milstein, Andre Kuzmenko, and Danilo Klimovich's agent. He's uh He's he's so fun to talk to. He's yeah. he's great. We'll get
1: him on video one day on the show here. <laughs> That'd be great. He might he was here on the roof with uh, with Kuzmenko, but That's I right. reorganized my hockey cards and I found all these. These are my favorite ones here. Uh my Nikolai Goldobin. People rookie, like
0: my goalie talk. Come on.
1: Rookie jersey signed. Look at that. Nikolai Goldobin. Bring him back. What's he doing? Playing the K probably still, but anyways. Nikolai
0: Goldobin is probably looking at uh what's happening with Elias Pettersson and the line mates he's got. Just shaking his head right now, and I think Stanch wrote that in the Stanchies last night. Mm. Yeah, go read the Stanchies, folks. Knucklehead said, "I was in the store. Thank you for goalie talk, quadzy. Yeah, Quadzi, that's yeah. a
1: new one. That's I'm, that's just a hockey uh, hockeyizing uh, hockeyizing your your name there. Yeah,
0: well, at hockey rinks, I'm known as Quads. So.
1: Oh, shaking. known as what? Um,
0: oh, shut up! A couple <laughs> of, of uh, couple card.
1: of prospect questions here. We'll get to. I do have a, a prospect update. Actually. Oh, good. You know, I should pull this up. I got the video here, and just, just give me a quick second here. Just pulling this up here. It was a nice play today. Uh, Jonathan Mackey got on the board, but uh, yeah, let's just we'll start with the highlight from today. Jonathan Um was he, he was he's not getting all the power play time that uh, that he was at the start of the year. Like he's still on the power play unit. I'll get the video up here in just a minute. Here he is, Jonathan Mackey. Uh, leading coming in here on the rush um, picks up a primary assist puck goes back to him he brings it back and bounces off the goaltender boom you get a nice little assist there uh, it's the five on five points that you want to see uh from jonathan lecaramacki and i mean we're we're starting to see that a few times more we've had a couple five on five points in the last couple of games here uh for the canucks first round pick and top prospect and jonathan Lecare-Mac. I gotta get some uh, rookie cards of him here pretty soon here uh but uh i don't know i wanted to i wanted to spend a little bit of time on Lacaramacchi. i did see a question about him and like these are the things where you just you need to see him be a little bit better at just kind of being a five on five player because the skills obviously there when you're seeing things uh, what he does on the special teams unit but he was taken off for a little bit in the last game that I was watching uh, and then actually in today's game when I was watching it I didn't see him on the power play the first forty minutes and then he gets there on the third period uh, and actually was kind of like he had like the third assist on a goal he made a lot he did a lot of work getting the puck and making a good pass to set up the two players that made the next two passes uh, so Jonathan Luker Mackey I thought had a pretty good game. Uh today, even though he just had the one assist on the day, I felt like it was another one of those games where he played pretty good. Your boy, a Kukos quad's third goalie in in Harvard, is what I'm hearing. So doesn't look he's got a real uphill battle to even get into NCAA games at this point, just so you know.
0: We'll get there. It's all about practice. Okay.
1: Um, other one, Abbotsford, three o'clock today. Weird start time. They're playing against uh what's this you know what the Vegas AHL team is called? They're the Coachella Valley Firebirds? I thought that was Seattle. Maybe.
0: That's Seattle. No, Cole Palm Lind. Springs
1: is is um you're right. Palm Springs is the um, Vegas. Is Vegas's minor league t- Yeah, Coachella yeah, Valley Coachella Thunderbirds.
0: Valley. Uh shout out Covey Cody Sieverts. Oh, he's in the chat too. He's gonna get over Cody Sievertson wrote a preview for Canuck's Army. I read it. I edited like it. Like a
1: macaroni from Canucks Knucklehead in there. What? Like a macaroni is what we should call it. Oh
0: him. for Lacare Clayton
1: asked, would you have chose Lacare or Kemel? says we're talking about practice. Um, I, I probably would have gone with Karamaki still. And listen, Kamel had a really good World Juniors there, and I think that was like, what are you, what are you doing? I don't even know who Kamel is. I know. This is what happened. Remember when you were on uh, Sakaris and Price, and they asked you about a yeah, they, well, they no asked idea. me about
0: a Ku Kloss That's what I went to talk about, and yeah. I gave them like 20 minutes of chat, and they were like, were you upset about Stankoven? I'm like, no. <laughs> and I texted you after. I'm like, who's Stankoven? <laughs> I was joking, folks. That I knew who tough. Logan Stankoven was. I also was. see Knucklehead wants to see the the lobster lighter. Uh, close out the show with that no we got a lot of stuff to get to still okay
1: lobster lighter it does it sucks it takes about oh no there we go we got some okay, flame. okay.
0: no flames in the office
1: please and the new camera i haven't even i don't even think i can see that I Put this the new camera, camera out of focus <laughs> yeah b- okay. burning up over here hey that was a really good start the lighter normally it's horrible never works ever
0: the 2022-23 vancouver canucks
1: light it up baby vancouver canucks <laughs> Fundy National Park. I and there's the there's Elias Pettersson. I also got this shirt from the same spot here, the Lobster Trap. Okay, can we wrap this up? Man? No, sorry. I know, I know. I, the video stuff, it's getting me. The the Henderson Silver Knights. Yeah, so who the heck's Coachella Valley then?
0: Seattle. I have ex- I just said that. Well, who's
1: Palm Springs then?
0: I don't know. You're the AHL I guy. I thought it
1: was Palm Springs. I'm not the AHL guy. It was Cody. He's back at work here all of a sudden. I missed him around. Okay. Anything else you want to wrap up with here? No, no prospect stuff? I got nothing. The Canucks need to get away. I, I'm excited to see. Yeah. Before I get to the bet, um, tomorrow at the game, I don't know if anybody in the chat's going, let me know. Uh, super interested to see just, like, what the vibe is in that arena, man. Because I, I really think it can go south really fast. Like, the Canucks have had leads throughout the first five games here. But if they go into tomorrow's game, and it's like 3-0 in the first period against a Buffalo team that is buzzing, you can pull the video up if you want, Alex. They're grittying through the locker room. You even you know what the gritty even is, Quads. It's what Zach Wilson. He's
0: got that dog in him. That's Look how I at know this. What it is. Look
1: at this here. You got. Uh, yeah, yeah. I know the podcast listeners can't see. Yeah, there's uh, Greg here saying, "Quit rushing us, um, Quads." He that these guys like they are they are vibing right now. You don't see anyone in the Canucks locker room doing that. I'll tell you that. So. I'd be a little worried what happens tomorrow. That's a big strong team. Canucks don't match up well against big strong teams. Uh, Matt's asking about Myrenberg. I actually checked in with um, with because he didn't play earlier this week, so I checked in. Still haven't heard anything. No update on why he wasn't in the lineup earlier this week. Uh, but we've liked what he's been uh, doing so far uh, this season. Yeah, th- that's the other thing. Knucklehead says Coachella is Seattle's farm team. That's
0: what I said.
1: What? Who the hell's Palm Springs? I don't know. Maybe that maybe they're
0: the same thing. Okay.
1: I'm I'm literally Googling. Lisa this says I'm this. going to Abby versus Coachella game in Seattle on Sunday. Kevin says I'll be at the Carolina game on Monday. Yash says I wish you guys Oh, luck.
0: okay. The Coachella Valley Firebirds are in the Palm Desert. There's no team called the Palm Springs God. whatever. So it's both. Well, once again I've played myself. I got three Nikolai Goldobin rookie
1: cards <laughs> I want to show to okay. the to the YouTube listeners. So there's a couple that you know what bad on the video. This one these are from the OHL. I got this one it's his rookie season Nikolai Goldoman, good kid. And then this one right here, even better. Zephyr Epic, shout out to them. OHL rookie card Nikolai Goldoman the Sarnia Sting.
0: You're complaining about goalie talk and this is what you bring on? Oh, if you want goalie talk, there it is right there. Thatcher Demko rookie card as well. Those pads you don't like those, I, I. I like them. That was pre-Ian Clark. All right, we'll
1: get to the bet, and then we'll get out of here. Uh, it's been fun in the chat here Friday. We try to have a little bit more fun on Friday. And we did have fun, and again. Well, when you're not rushing us out. I don't know where you, what train are you catching. I can see the train's not even moving down there.
0: Saturday's going to be a big game for the Cubs. I'm excited for and it. And again, we'll break it down on Monday. Zephyr Epic, there he is. Get the logo on top there. I like it. Okay. It looks good. Okay. Zephyr
1: Epic's got one of the best logos in the game. I got a mug from Zephyr Epic and I, a hat. Yeah, it's great. I have, I have the it's mug. Good I still stuff. use the mug a lot. I haven't seen a Betway uh, mug come in here yet, but let's get to the, the Betway bet. Uh, Betway, Betway, Betway. San Diego Padres to win.
0: I Money like that. Line,
1: Manny Machado, and Bryce Harper, both with one-plus bases. You like this one?
0: 4.5? I do. I like the Padres against the Phillies. I think it's a good matchup, although... Wow, it sucked to see you Darvish not get that win. You Darvish has been dynamite throughout the postseason and mm. baseball's such a funny sport because, you know, they, they play the Dodgers. Dodgers are obviously a much better team then the Padres, and you know the Dodgers just didn't show up for that series, much to my delight. And Josh Hader out of nowhere, guy who they acquired at the deadline, they hated didn't... him too. They used oh, to. Oh my gosh! Him. Well, I, I even was texting you about it because I was watching. They, already, they all... barely knew him. They already hated him. I was watching all these blown saves by Josh Hader, who's supposed to be this great closer. And I was just mm-hmm. like, holy! And they they had taken him out of the closer's role. He was pitching in seventh innings at some point this year. Now he's been dynamite in the postseason. Knock on wood that he stays that way. There I should worn my Padres hat Base today. hit,
1: Machado. Base hit for Harper. It's Padres a great bet. Win. Yep. Okay. So go check out bet way. We'll Finally, close it people in the chat, they say they want to see more. Everyone ever. I got, uh, Mike, John, Garrett, Clayton, everyone's saying more, more cards on the camera. So here's a, here's a, and you can't see the chat quads, but everyone's going nuts for it. There's yeah. a gear Look at that. Look at the old original Pokemon cards. Anything better? Anything Is that better? how you
0: spell Gyarados? I thought it was G Y R. I didn't know there was another A in there. You know what? If it's a misspell, it's probably worth a little bit. Yeah, you should look that up because I played a lot of Pokemon, well, okay. had a lot well, of going To get in my the whole book out, out here, then. Okay, well let's. You do it talk after. for you talk. Yeah, yeah. Wait, yeah let me close up the podcast. The old, I got the whole binder
1: ready. <laughs> Gets the binder out. Okay, I got, I got another
0: Gyarados. Okay, okay. Enough. We'll close it out there for my co-host Chris Faber, our technical producer Alex awesome. Allard, yeah, I got My got name. My name is David Guadrelli. Thank you so much Thanks for listening to another episode of the Canucks Conversation.
1: Yeah, there's an A in there, the geardos. Yep, right there. Lots of shiny in here too.
0: Thanks for listening to Canucks Conversation,
1: delivered by DoorDash.
0: Hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode.
1: How about keep it to a thank you, Jim?